Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love in this episode of Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 years experience with helping families and bringing their babies home and managing the juggle when other siblings come along and everything in between. My name's Siobhan Hunt. I'm your host. I have been doing this show for about seven years, so I have learned a few things along the way. But yeah. Chris is the expert and I just bring up all the things I did wrong to help you feel a bit more normal about what's going on. Uh, now, there are a number of ways that you can contact us. If you're watching this live through our Facebook video, you can pop your question underneath the video. If you're listening via podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. We also have a helpline group on Facebook where you can actually post your questions or you can direct mail us at Babyology if you want to keep it um, out of that forum. But we will kick off, Chris, because we have an email from Tara. She says, my four-year-old is starting kindy soon and will be doing 8.45 to 2.45 for five days a fortnight. How would you handle day sleeps for my 11-month-old who usually does 10 to 11.30 and 2.30 till 4 4 o'clock? I'm not worried about the morning sleep unless he wakes early, but do I just do car slash pram sleeps for those afternoon ones maybe? Just worried that stopping the car or pram will wake him. Okay, this, this dilemma, I think, reaches every mother with a newborn and a school-aged child or a child that hasn't just developed into that one sleep yet. Um, I, I think it's very difficult to lose the afternoon sleep because you'll have a really overtired baby. So if he sleeps from 11, 10 till 11.30 and then the other one's in a pram, he's only likely to sleep for 20 minutes. So it means that between 11.30 and say seven when they he might go to bed he'll have only had 20 minutes sleep and he'll be a disaster so the object is to firstly find out where your support is so you might have a mom or a sister living by close by that maybe one or two afternoons a week could pop in while you go and get the other child and come back so first look around your support because it's that afternoon sleep that carries him through to the time you put him down to sleep and to lose it, which it will happen because as, as you, you need to go out of the house as he needs to go to sleep. The second thing is we might be able to juggle the times of his sleep a little bit more. We're not sure what time this little person wakes up, but it looks like he wakes up around seven if he's going down at 10. So basically what I personally would do is probably put him at 10 o'clock, that's where I do the shorter sleep. So I would give him maybe only between half an hour and 40 minutes so that I could put him down for the afternoon sleep at around 12.30 um, and let him then sleep till 2.30 and he'll be in bed more at 6.30. The hard thing about this, these timeframes of this particular school is usually it's more nine and three. So you've got a bit bit more wiggle room like they could they could sleep from one um till three and then you go and pick up the child from kindy or whichever class they're in so I think it's a particularly odd um time in that the little baby has both those time frames within its sleep so I would go shorter on the first sleep and longer on the second sleep but bring that sleep forward and see how you go 
This next question comes from Priscilla. She says, my toddler has just turned three and is a poor sleeper. She doesn't nap anymore. Her last dummy broke and we said goodbye to it a week prior to Christmas. She has a seven-month-old sibling. When she wakes during the night to go to the toilet or have a drink of water, she can take up to one to four hours to go back to sleep. Then she wakes at 6.30am and is super emotional during the day and quite defiant. Do you have any suggestions on how I can get her to sleep better overnight? Look, uh, funny you should say this, but I've just in this last week or two weeks had lots of this very same problem that when they wake at night, they're not going back to sleep for a long time. And most of them, just with that consistency of putting them back, putting them back, putting them back, they get there and they start sleeping through. So I think there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of being put back into their bed and them understanding it's time to go back to sleep. But over a week or two of this, they do get very overtired. So you're battling the overtired child plus trying to keep the consistency of putting the child back. So I don't think there's any secret recipe on how you get them back. It's the consistency of being put back and and saying this is where you're going to bed. The baby is now seven months old. So it's not like a newborn and she's, you know, hearing a newborn baby and wondering. It's a seven-month-old baby. So I think um, it's not that part um, where she hears the baby and thinks she's going to mummy because the baby's up. So I think with this one, consistency really works. But you've got to watch that she's not getting overtired. So sometimes giving her a little 20-minute, 40-minute catnap between 12 and 1 actually breaks the overtiredness so that when you do the resettle at night, it, she's not as overtired so she doesn't fight as much and you'll have more success at getting her to go back to her bed and bring your partner into this. So partners are often very good at settling these toddlers because it's not mummy coming in that they're used to. And as long as they're consistent and loving, but consistent, it usually does ride itself over a few days. So we've got to break the overtiredness. Then with the consistency, you should get it back to sleeping okay overnight. Swetha has uh, sent an email to our Facebook inbox. She says, hi, ladies, I'm hoping you can help with my four-year-old. Since her baby brother arrived four weeks ago, her moods and attitude have changed dramatically. She seems to love her little brother. She enjoys helping me with his care, cuddling and holding him. She's very sweet with him. But her attitude towards myself and her dad has become really tough. She argues over every single thing we ask her to do and has started fighting us at bedtime. So her bedtime has gone from 7.30pm back to 9 or even 10pm some nights. She just will not stay in bed. She's been teary and tantrumy and it's not like her usual cheery self at all. She doesn't have a daytime nap anymore, but we try to have some quiet time each afternoon while the baby naps. We read books and snuggle together on the couch, usually. Is this sibling jealousy, even though she seems fine with the baby? What can we do to get our happy little girl back? I don't think it's sibling rivalry at all. I think, I mean, four-year-old girls can be quite temperamental. Um, So I don't think it's a sibling rivalry in that case. I think it's probably just the way she's handling everything um, in terms of where she fits in the family. So I think it's great that you have downtime and she has snuggles and cuddles with you. I think it's great that probably in the evening you're still reading stories, whether it's mum or dad. 
I wouldn't go overboard with the newborn baby. If she's loving that baby, let her love that baby. So I think this is probably just her trying to figure out where she fits in it. But there's also a part of me that thinks this is a four-year-old just pushing, pushing buttons. It's a way of seeking attention. So let's uh, unusual, uh, um, sorry, not unusually, but like the previous question, it's about that consistency and reassurance. So keeping the boundaries around her behaviour really consistent. Two stories, kiss, cuddle, clean your teeth, uh, go to the bathroom, into bed. And if she calls out, then try first replacing her back to bed because she's older, she's a four-year-old, and then really working out with her what's going to happen in this. So I can put you back three times, but if you don't stay in your bed, then, you know, tomorrow you can't have story time in rest time with mummy. She can have stories but not with mummy. We've got to work out whether this is just her pushing a little bit or is this, you know, something bigger than that. But my gut feeling tells me that it's normal four-year-old behaviour and that it's not about the baby and that with consistency it does work. Um, and I think the other thing is you need to get her to look at photos of herself as a baby and say, look, we used to spend lots of time with you as well, just to give her that bit more reassurance. But I actually, my gut feeling is it's just completely normal four-year-old behaviour. Carly on our Facebook Live has written in. She says, I'm having a hard time with my three-year-old daughter waking up distressed around the same time every night, which is about 1am. I get woken up from a very deep sleep, which makes me very tired as I find it difficult to go back to sleep. She's always been a really good sleeper, still napping around two hours a day with a good bedtime routine. I'm just unsure what to do and why she's waking up so upset. Can you offer any help? This one sounds more like night terrors because it happens at the same time and she seems to wake up quite distressed from what the um, what they've sent in. So there's a good, um, do we still have it, Chev, the podcast on um, night terrors? Somewhere. We can, we can drag it out and put <laughs> it in the links. If we could send that information, that would be good. Yep. But often it happens when the child is really busy and their brain's working really hard, which is this three- to four-year-old age group. And they just wake up um, overnight at the same time, quite distressed. It takes a while to sort of settle them down. They may not even be able to tell you what's going on for them. And um, when you listen to the podcast, that'll give you some hints. But what I do is I go in, if it happens at 1 o'clock, I go in at 12.30 and just move them through that sleep pattern so that they're not in that sleep pattern. So I'm not waking them. I'm just sort of rustling them so that they move around. And often that pushes them through that sleep cycle and those um, night terrors slow down and deteriorate. Nightmares are a bit different. They can usually tell you what's going on and they're talking to you. You know, there's a witch in the wardrobe. That's the witch, the lion in the wardrobe that you might have read to them. So they're a bit different, but this very startled and distressed is usually a sign of night terrors. We have a question from Carrie. She says, hi, ladies. This is a bit of a weird one, and I'm not sure if it's normal or something to worry about. Okay. Four-and-a-half-year-old has been out of nappies for about a year, and since she started wearing undies to bed, she has taken to stuffing her soft toys down the front of her undies. It only happens at bedtime. I often go in to check on her and find her asleep with up to four soft toys inside her underwear. My husband and I just gently remove them. She sleeps quite deeply, so this doesn't wake her, thank goodness. We're a bit lost on this one. Is it normal? Should we be doing something about it? 
Okay. Harry. I have to say, I've never heard that one before. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I, uh, no. <laughs> Chris is speechless. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to, no, the image is what gets me. Four soft, soft toys in their <laughs> underwear. I mean, underwear is that big. To <laughs> Unless it's down like her pajama pants or something like that, but she said underwear. So how she fits four stuffed toys in her underwear to start with? She's uh, a Houdini. Yeah. So the first thing I'd be doing is maybe you know she's a four and a half year old. I'd certainly be sitting her down and start talking about this. Um, so she's not a three year old. Um. So the first thing I'd probably do is it's not normal behaviour, but I wouldn't say it's something that you needed to worry about. I'd probably just say to the, your daughter, somewhere out of bedtime, so like at 4 o'clock in the afternoon or 10 o'clock in the morning, listen, we just want to sit down and talk to you about what goes on when you go to bed um, because we don't put our toys in our underwear. So I wouldn't make her frightened about the conversation. I'd keep it fairly neutral. There's nothing wrong, but there's no stuffed toys in our underwear. And I'd probably say something along the lines of, you know, if this continues, we'll have to take your um, stuffed toys and put them in the lounge room and you can play with them during the day. So it is a bit of an unusual thing, but some children, and this becomes a whole different conversation, start to be very aware of sensations within their body, let's say, so masturbation, and it could be the start of that um, without that being frightening or it's completely normal part of all child development. But it is unusual that it would be four stuffed into her uh, underwear. So I think I would take the approach of she's probably just laying there in bed and she's she's playing and, and she's hiding them is probably what she's going to say. But I think I'd say, I listen, we need to cuddle our toys, not put them in our underwear and maybe they could stay out in the lounge room while you're sleeping at night and just see how she reacts from that um, mm. and take it from there, I'd say. We have a question from Tomoyo on our Facebook Live. They say, hi, ladies. I have a two-year-old boy who has been falling, failing to fall asleep for his day sleeps. Over the last nine days, he has had no day sleep three days in a row, followed by three days of 20-minute naps, then followed by three days of no sleep again. We put him down for his day sleeps between 1.15 and 1.45, regardless of him falling asleep or not. When he doesn't fall asleep, he climbs out of his cot, despite the fact he is wearing his sleeping bag back to front, and he yeah. explores his room or reads some books. We put him down for the night at 6.45 when he skips his nap and 7.30 when he does have a nap. He wakes up between 7, 7.30 a.m. no matter what time we put him down. Thankfully, he has been sleeping fine during the night. Is he too young to drop his day sleep? Is this inconsistency in day naps okay how would you navigate this situation okay so if he's over the age because we don't know where he sits in the two-year-old like is he two or two and a half or th closer to three if he's between two and two and a half he probably still does need a bit of a day clear uh, sorry a bit of a day sleep 
and I would say he could have it up to an hour. But that sounds like quite late that he's going down for that sleep. So most two-year-olds between two and two and a half have their day sleep between 12 and 12.30. And the longer you push it out, the more effect it'll have on their night. So it leads me to think that he might be closer to two and a half or just over two and a half because he's pushed that day sleep out to a quarter past one to even quarter to two. And that sounds like a, a child that's um, definitely in the maturity of giving up their day sleep and they've pushed that sleep out. So I think this is just a little one who's dropping his day sleep and I'd give him the opportunity to sleep for about half an hour and then um, the, he'll just do more and more days of not sleeping. I'd put him to bed probably closer to seven than quarter to seven because you might get him waking up. I don't know if this makes any difference, Chris, but we've just got more information and oh, okay. the baby's, uh, the little toddler's two years and one month, so not right. quite close to three. Not so I think um, you might be able, you are putting him down too, too late and he's a bit overtired. So try putting him down earlier um, and also sitting by his door so that as he goes to, because uh, they get used to just getting out of their cot and they're quite good at it. Um, they usually can scale it with their feet. And I just keep putting him back in. It'd be unusual but not unheard of that he's given his sleep up that early on um, completely. And I think I would still encourage him to try and take a sleep between 12.30 and 2 and put him down at 7.30, even if it's only for 20 or 40 minutes because I think over time he'll be hard work and he'll get himself overtired. So keep going but bring it earlier. Our next question comes from Louise on the Facebook Live. She says, thank you guys for doing this helpline. It's such a lifesaver. My nine-month-old poops every time she naps and she can't go back to sleep after her nappy change. I remember this so clearly. Do you have any advice on what to do? Uh, is it her every nap in the day? doesn't say. Mm, no. Oh, no, it says every time she naps. Oh. Hmm. That's a bit unusual because usually it's usually in the evening after they've had sort of like meat and vegetables. So the first thing I'd look at um, is usually they're only pooping at that age once a day and that's quite regular when they do it. So I'd look at her diet and see what you're doing. Maybe you're still feeding her a lot of vegetables and, and sort of the veggie meals as opposed to her um, during her day using her hands. And that takes longer to digest. Um, that's the first thing that externally you can do. Otherwise, you can't do anything about it. Um, you just have to change a nappy and then put it back down again. Um, and eventually she'll learn how to go back to sleep. But I'd look at her diet first to see if we could change her diet so that she wasn't pooping as much in those very specific times of when you put it down. I've got to say, I remember this problem, but more so when they're on one sleep a day. Yeah, that's right, on one sleep a day. so frustrating because you yeah. do it, they need to sleep in the middle of the day. Yeah, that's right. And then they'd be, you'd have to feed them before you put them before down because otherwise they wouldn't sleep. And yeah. then they'd poop. Yeah. And so that, that, one, that one is, you know, you change the way they're eating. So you give them finger food, it takes them longer to digest it. Then, uh -huh. 
they're um, able to get to sort of navigate how much they eat. And it's also different types of foods, you know, like you're more likely to give them bread and, and vegetables that are sort of in their hand and starchy and thicker. So I think that's when that starts to turn itself around. So that's why I think it, I'm thinking start looking at the diet first. Yeah. Um, it's unusual to do it in, both, in all those sleeps, like two sleeps in the day and then in the evening. What um, would you suggest as an alternative, Chris, like in terms of uh, for a nine-month-old? For, for lunch, like as for Yeah, yeah. So probably for a nine-month-old with lunch, I'd probably do things like some cucumber sticks and maybe um, I might do some sweet potato wedges. And depending on how many teeth they have um, and if they have like two at the top and two at the bottom, I could be doing a very basic sandwich or wrap or toast um, with avocado on it or something. And I think it just, it's a different digestive way as opposed to when they're younger, where we sit there with a bowl and we feed them sort of um, quite uh, mashy food that has a lot of liquid in it and that might stimulate the bowel more. So, and you, and we tend to feed them as opposed to letting them uh, organise their food themselves um, without us just sitting and feeding. Okay. Good luck with that one, um, Louise. This one comes from Amy. She says, I have three-year-old twin boys. They've stopped wearing overnight nappies and they've been waking up dry for the last four days. But one of the twins has now started to have overnight accidents two days in a row. Should we go back to nappies or wait until they realise they need to go to the toilet on their own overnight? Um, if it continues, I'd probably try taking him to the toilet before I went to bed so that I haven't gone completely back, back to, to overnight nappies. But in the same respect, you don't want to stress them out by them having a wet bed in the morning. So I'd wait a little few more days. It might be just a little glinch in the, in the perfect world of toilet training. Um, so it might be just a little glinch and then suddenly he, you know, goes a week or 10 days before he has another wet bed, and it'll just get better and better. But if it's consistent over a week, I would try taking him to the toilet before I went to bed to see if he was dry in the morning, or maybe he isn't actually quite ready to do it. And this is the really important thing with twins because you could have one really ready, you know, and he's toilet trained, and the other one isn't quite ready for it, and he might need to go back into night, night nappies. But I wouldn't do that until you've sort of given it a go for two weeks and see if it's just a little glitch and then he's got, you know, good dry nights after that. Okay. Uh, this one comes from Monica on our Facebook Live. She says, hi, Chris, similar question to one of the earlier questions you've answered. How long should a two-year-old, my son is 24 months, yeah. nap for in the day? I try to put him down at 12.30, but he ends up falling asleep around 1 p.m., wakes up at between 2.30 and 3 p.m. And then I put him down at 7.30 p.m. Yep. And he falls asleep at around 8. He generally wakes up at 6.30 every morning. Yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah. as a two to two and a half year old, I'd be putting them down. They'd sleep um, around 12.30. They sleep about an hour and a half and then they go down around 7.30. So it sounds like it's in the right windows. It's hard when they start pushing to one because then your it pushes more to three and they need five to five and a half hours of awake time before they're tired enough to go back down at night. So if they're not getting up till three, that's almost eight, 8.30 before they go down 
So try and keep it into the window between 12.30 and 2, and then you should have him going down at 7.30 really easily for you and still sleeping through the night. Now, I think we've got time for about one more. We'll see how we go. This one's from Lindsay. She says, hi, guys. Hoping you might have some advice for me with my two-year-old and teeth brushing. She absolutely hates it. Every single morning and night, it's the same. First, a screaming match to get the toothbrush anywhere near her mouth. Then a physical battle to hold her still so we can just swish the brush around in there a bit. She clenches her teeth, though, and it's usually a futile effort anyway. It's two parent it's a two-parent job as well, and we both hate it. Our stress, her distress, we're going out of our minds, really. It's been going on for about three months now, and we are starting to become really worried that her teeth will, will suffer. We're due for a dental check in a month or so. Do you think we should bring it forward and see if the dentist has some ideas? Is no. it a sensory thing? <laughs> should, should we try and see a pediatrician? We're a bit lost and thought that we'd see if you had any tips to try out first or advice at all help i would take a break yeah. she's been fighting the whole three months her, her little teeth are fine if she's got a well-balanced diet and she's drinking water it's okay to take a break because all you're doing is fighting the dentist won't help when he sits her in a big chair and brings out the same toothbrush i would take a break and make sure she's you know drinking water to clear her mouth before she goes to bed eating a good balanced diet you know, a month or a couple of weeks is not going to make a difference to her teeth. Then I would take a completely different approach to cleaning her teeth. And I would even go back to getting, you know, the little toothbrush that sits on your finger that you often do a newborn baby with. And I'd put one on her finger and one on my finger. I'd get a stool so she's standing up nice and tall. You could be doing these things at the moment. And, and a mirror. And then I would mimic what I want her to do. So you could... Do it with the little finger toothbrush first because I think she's also fighting being held while they're putting toothbrushes in there. I want to go back and create an experience where there's no fighting and it's all just good fun. So little toothbrush, little thing, they're called finger toothbrushes and one on your finger, one on hers, and then you do yours and she does hers and just let her have some fun with putting the toothbrush, the little finger one into her mouth then I'd swap that out for that really first toothbrush, you know, that's really super soft, and then mimic what you want to do, then mimic, let her mimic it, and then move on to letting her have a go, and then at the very end say, open your mouth, and then mummy have a go, and then you can get in and do something. So I would take a break. I would take a break for a couple of weeks and then just not talk about it and then bring a whole new sort of rhythm about cleaning the teeth back into place. And I'm pretty sure a dentist would say the same thing, you know, take a break. She's only two. She's, it's okay. Yeah. Well, I am going to squeeze one last question in. Uh, oh, have, are we, uh, let's see, um, it's being typed up as we speak. I'll see how we can ah. get this through. Uh, this is from Jory Jory on the Facebook Live says, is it okay to give rice, bread, minced beef to my eight-month-old baby when he has only two bottom teeth? Can the baby just digest it or will they have stomach pain? I'm not sure if he can chew it. Also, is it normal to give them sliced cheese at this age? Thanks. Rice, bread and meat, did you say? So did sort of rice slash bread slash minced beef. 
yeah, an eight-month-old should be able to handle all of that um, quite easily. So um, that texture of like a bolognese texture, which is how you probably give the meat, would be perfect. Um, sliced cheese, it depends on the child. I usually start with pieces of cheese just so they, they can bite um, as opposed to a slice. I think they might overfill, which is where they use their hands and they put it all into their mouth. Um, so I probably would um, either cut the sliced cheese into smaller bits that he could pick up with his fingers, but he should be able to handle those things fairly well if he's had the experience in the textual stages. So, yeah, I think that they certainly won't give him stomach pains or anything along that line. I think it's just getting used to the texture. Excellent. Well, that runs us up to uh, all the time we have. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show yet again. Oh, that's always a pleasure. You take care. Thank you, Chris. And remember... Bye-bye, Chris. If you would like to speak to Chris, she is part of Babyology's Parent School and you can book a one-on-one session with her. Just check out the links in the notes of this episode or below our Facebook Live. Um, We did have a question about night terrors in there. Well, it could potentially be about night terrors, so I'll find that and we'll include that interview as well in the podcast notes. And we will be back next week. Take care and I'll see you then. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.